Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. you finish it We're is here. it is it's court naming it is it's and all I'm, those things it and is. i'm <laughs> and i'm rushing into this intro because there was just breaking news oh no what Big, no good breaking news oh, homosexual what? of a certain age breaking news um kylie minogue is no no no, no. the united states no that would you know i would just die but okay. milan Oh, Lord, have fucking mercy. All right, I'll be Wait. back in 45 minutes. Take it, baby. Milen. Call me if you need me. Milen. I'm finally going to go see Milen in concert. She has just announced her Nevermore tour for 2023 of stadiums, and we kind of think this is her last tour she plans on doing. So now that means in the summer of 2023, I have to get my ass to France to see her stadium tour. I like how you think you're going to be alive in 2023. I don't <laughs> think that far ahead. <laughs> I mean, it is or very... That there's good, or that there's going to be France. Let's start right. with that. It is very, well, listen, she's putting... The, the tickets go on sale October 1st for a 2023 sh- tour. I hope we're all alive because yes, I plan on being there. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now that we've gotten past that Matt, breaking news, Matt at all wait, ten people in a wait, wait, small wait, wait, wait. French. <laughs> wait, 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 and one more thing. Oh no! Tomorrow, Uh-oh. we will know what Britney Spears thinks about everything that's going on with her because she is addressing the court on this conservatorship. And the Times just put out a really extensive piece talking about how she's quietly been trying to get out of this conservatorship since 2016. Now, it's not, I'm not going to go free Britney because that's all weird. And you know, I feel like that's a bunch of people who are looking at something from the outside. I will say that that woman is almost 40 years old. And I do believe that when you have a conservatorship the way she does it, everybody is on her payroll. There comes a point where I hope the court listens to her and looks and says, you know what? We, we have to make some changes here. And, that, and that's all I'll say now. Hopefully for her tomorrow, I just hope for anybody, listen, we all have these assumptions. Oh, there's mental illness. There's all of these things. And all of that speculation, because yes, we look at that situation and it absolutely looks strange and weird and it's troublesome. But at the same time, at the center of this is a human being who's almost 40 years old. And I hope she gets some semblance of the, the control that she's looking for back in her life. Mm, that's all I'm going to say about it. But Milen. 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 Now, you hate when I talk about Milen. Everybody. No. All, wait, 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 no let me just say, everybody me. I know excuse hates me. when I talk about Milen. They're like, I'm why sorry. are you obsessed with this excuse chick? Excuse me, Courtney. I want to tell you something. I may be one of the few people you know who actually knows you who did, No, is. you knew who she was. <laughs> everybody else is like, you and Miguel, of course, because Miguel lived in France. But right. wait, wait. And it's so funny. I tried to have a conversation with her. I was like, 
this is French lady I like. And he's like, who? And when I said the name, he was like, bitch, come on. Yeah, come, come on. That's come like on. saying, I like Cher. Really? Yeah. How Except avant-garde of you. No one, whenever I mentioned her, no one knows who she is, but you knew who she was. I know who she is. <laughs> I know who she is. And yes, it's horrible, but I love it, and I love no, her, and I'm going. Oh, no, it's pretty that. bad. When I watch it, no, because here's the thing. All right, all right. Here's, all right. What, here's what I love about her. <laughs> she does like the bare minimum, and everybody loses their shit. Like she's on stage, the dancers are twirling around, and she'll do something like, Lift her arm, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And you're like, That's, okay. "Excuse me, that sounds like half of the pop art." That is right true. Now. <laughs> <laughs> or it sounds like today is primary day, and the front runner in the election, when asked what his favorite show was, yeah. it was the show that actually technically didn't happen. Yes, wait, allow me, allow me to pick up this thread if I might. All right, so Eric Adams, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is a very localized concern, but we have a mayor election now. We're not going to know the result for weeks because we have ranked voting. Don't ask me about that. We yeah, voted on this. Guess, supposedly, yeah. we voted to do this. I don't remember. All right, so Eric Adams is the front water. We don't like him. He's a dick. That's a whole nother question. So he was asked because suddenly in a contemporary politics, we judge people by their coolness and what they listen to. I don't care what you listen right. to. Neither do so I. So they asked him, what is his most memorable concert? And he talked about a show in 1990, the late Curtis Mayfield did a show, well, preface it, was supposed to do a show at Wingate Park, Wingate High School. There were these amazing shows in New York City. In the they summer. were all free. It was great. Our old borough president. They were great shows. I saw Parma Fuck. There, I'm sure you saw great, great, great shows. All right. Curtis Mayfield was supposed to perform. That day, the weather was getting, it was the summer. The weather was getting wonky. It was weird. There was wind picking up. And at the show, they, he had been advised, Mayfield, don't go on, you know, it's bad, we'll cancel. And he said, no, the show must go on. And tragically, uh, equipment fell and he was paralyzed. Okay. So Wait, worst part. Because just get, Harold Melvin and the, blue, and the Blue Notes were the opener. They cut that set short because the clouds were moving in. Right, right. And right as, who was the old borough president? Right Marty as he Mar got, it was Marty right, Marquis. He yeah. got on stage to introduce him. Right. So and a, yeah. yeah. And so they were it was basically there's a twister and a M and it was bad. It was a really bad summertime snow. All right, the the point that we're bringing this up is because of, and, and, and don't forget this part. Like six other people people got hurt. This people was a got, really yeah, so this was a fucked up thing. situation. It's a yeah. really bad thing. Okay, outdoor show obviously. Mm -hmm. The reason we're bringing it up is because Eric <sighs> Adams and I'm paraphrasing said that this was his most memorable show and oh yeah and then the lights fell and they paralyzed him that's bad english but that's neither here nor there and blah 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 and then he died a few years later i don't know what if that was the reason why and it was unfortunate the re first off you're a ghoul that that's the show you're picking the one where someone where people were injured severely injured but here's the thing it's really frightening Curtis Mayfield never fucking performed. That was the that didn't sing a note. a note. He was about to step on stage when everything and they, happened. And everything, uh -huh. So, you know, we won't dwell too much on the idiot, that, but, you know, there's lying and then there's come on. Like, all you have to say was, I wish I had seen Curtis Mayfield or I saw Prince or whatever. But to sit there and, and say... And he was like, the show was really amazing before that. Before that happened. Really? The show that never happened. I know so, people who were there and going, and everybody's memory was really horrific. And nobody's memory was like, wow, it was a great show. 
it was it was memorable, yes, because someone almost died and right. someone was paralyzed. So it's of all the and it just also is like, come on! As soon as I saw that, I was like, something's not right. And super fan Jill Derryberry posted, uh, yeah, that's because the show never happened. Someone could have fact checked that, but we'll have that conversation about the lapses in journalism and why you shouldn't have twelve year olds interviewing people because they don't know how to Google something. But anyway, have you ever had a reason to hate Eric Adams? And Wait, worse than that, the article was in Vanity Fair. I'm like, I know you fact checks this. There could have been a little, like, for the well, record. Dot com, vanityfair.com, but yeah, still, but, Vanity But Fair. still, someone could have been like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. concert actually didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> so um, in case you're wondering, Eric Adams' favorite Who show was the one where the people were killed before the Who took the stage. <laughs> and his favorite Rolling Stone show is the one that's in Gimme Shelter where the guy was killed in the audience. So Eric Adams, yay! Uh, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, whatever. Fuck him. All right. Sorry. Um, um, <laughs> well, all right. Yeah, you leave yeah. this one. I can't even. I'm at the, so, you know what? I, you're taking me to the point of no return. That's because, where I no, am right no, now. And, and listen, and it is <laughs> listen. It is raining. It is summer officially, and a New York care. summer means gray and rain all of a sudden. Yeah. But uh, we have Billie Eilish having to apologize. Okay, for years ago when she was mouthing, 13, wait, 13. Mouthing along to a Tyler, the creator song, and I guess she said nigga, because that's in the song. No, 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 Asian, anti-Asian. Oh, wait, it wasn't, I just assumed it was nigga, because everybody gets no, so no, upset. No, 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 that's, no, that's okay, it's Asian. No, it's not ever, because you know, they just get, here's my thing, and I'm going to say this about all of it. I, you know, we, it's such a weird thing, because, People are selling you music or movies and TV and all of these things are in it, right? And people have a real problem with that. But actually, they don't seem to have a problem with that. They just have a problem with, okay, you can buy this, but you can't say this part of it. And I have a problem with that. I'm like, I think we, you either have to look at the artists and say, I'm going to need you guys not to use this kind of language. Or you can't praise these records, but get mad if somebody other than the race that it's supposed to be says the lyrics in a record. Well, excuse me, Tyler, the creator, last time I looked, was an Asian. Right. So, at all. I mean, to me... And, and people aren't mad at him. They're mad well, at her. that's the thing. The <laughs> and so issue. I kind of like, that, that's, that's yeah. my point. I'm like, they always go to... This has been a thing with, and I know you hate this word, but I'm going to say it. They, they have the same thing with nigga. I've seen that with other people. Well, I don't hate it. I just... Yeah. It, no, but I mean, but you know what yeah. I mean? In, in music, and yeah. people have gotten in trouble for, like, rapping the song back and saying the word, and people are like, right. you can't say that. And I'm like, well, hold on. If we are selling this word, how about we just don't use it? Because yeah, well, yeah. I don't think, I'm looking at black people saying, listen, we keep selling this word and putting it in music and people are buying it and then you're getting mad when people are repeating back the words they've been sold. Right. I, and well, I have a problem with everybody wanting her to apologize and kind of the source of it, no one's saying shit about. Why should she have to apologize for repeating, repeating the lyrics we repeat lyrics of songs we hear. Nobody's actually sometimes even thinking about Not what they mean. Not even repeating it. I mean, what's for, first off, and then she's thir she was 13. Not making excuses, but she was 13. Right. Secondly, she literally was lip syncing along with the song. Right. 
um, and did not have the presence of mind. Oh, me, be, and I do not for a minute think that she is anti-Asian or anti-black right. or anything. I don't, you know, I just don't think that she's that. But you know, it, it's just re, it's ridiculous. Tyler the Creator was was lambasted when he first came out, but people think he's a genius and he is really good. But the issue is not that this little white girl was lip syncing and an anti-Asian slur slipped out of her mouth. Not that she was just repeating the word. Really, the issue is maybe that the black guy wrote a song with an anti-Asian slur. Ding, I mean, ding, 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 I ding, mean ding, maybe ding, that's ding. where you should be I correcting mean, your hostility. I'm sitting here watching this, and it's like, okay, if we're going to get to a place where you're going to look through everybody's past and find something, because guess what? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the Pope. If you look in everybody's past for well, something, especially you'll the po especially you, the Pope. You will find something. You yeah. will. No one is perfect. But the fact that you want a girl who was 13, who when people are rapping along and singing, half the time, when I'm singing songs and shit, it comes later, I'll really pay attention to the lyrics. I'm like, oh, is that what they're saying? I'm singing along and into it. I'm not you're not even really thinking about the meaning. Yeah. When you but but to 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 ask this to, to kind of to skewer this girl when she was 13 it's like we have to be able listen this is why this is why the other the the the, the right is really trying to take this whole wokeness cancel culture thing because being so fucking pc about everything is going to have dire consequences well it's the right wing that's asking for is actually making more of a fuss about this and the, the the right is the one who's saying she must be punished you know I, I just think it's again there is when we keep taking these sort of things we minimize the Absol real damage and that is that done. is my point because yeah. it everything does not hold this weight i no. think people have to understand nuance but they're taking nuance out of Everything, everything and everything. just making it into this means this you should apologize and i think people have to stop fucking apologizing stop apologizing she didn't do stop. anything wrong she exactly. didn't do anything wrong stop so, making people make you feel like you need to apologize no, for well, everything luckily we have a 24 hour well no in social media we have a 12 hour news cycle right, so right. yeah all right so speaking of and this is literally i don't know what this may be the stupidest fucking story of the week, the very <laughs> short week so far. All right, so I mean, oh my god. All right, so blah blah blah. There's a documentary coming out or a, a series coming out on Netflix called I forget what it's even called, but it's supposed to be very good. And T Pain, there's a, a snippet of the of the interview has been released, and in the interview, T Pain, who we love, he's great, nice guy is talking about being on a plane a gazillion years ago and Usher woke him up. Yeah, woke him up and said, you're fucked up R&B for everybody. And T-Pain was so crushed by this that he went into a four year depression. Okay. First well, he off, tried to clean it up. So okay. he did, he did try to make it go longer. Like TMZ just got a quote with him because you know, the kids will talk to TMZ for some reason. Acting like TMZ is their friend. I don't understand, but that's another show. Um, and what he did come back and say was, that was compounding on a whole bunch of other shit I was already going through. And Usher is somebody that I respect so much and I still respect. So his words just hit differently. You know what I mean? And now you have all these people calling, all these headlines. Usher wakes people up to say mean things. I was like, okay, so you're on a plane, and if he asks the flight attendant, I want to speak to him. 
The flight attendant woke him up. I highly doubt Usher knew he was asleep. Well, and also, we also, okay, there's two things. We don't know the tone. He could have been laughing. He could have been saying, hey, but okay, let's just fucking cut to the chase here because this, I was covering R&B at this point. Everybody felt that way about T-Pain at that moment. Everyone. Everyone. I mean, the auto-tune shit had gone so far. Everybody was mad. Jay-Z had a song called The Death to Auto-Tune. Auto-Tune was considered the antichrist. Because when he first came, remember, people loved him. He had those hot songs, but he kept using it. And then the backlash toward that. Right. So, you know, I just think this constant need for attention and (laughs) and for instant headlines and instant clicks is just, we're ruining... We're just ruining a lot of journalism that way. Well, it's just way. not, like I said, it's it, it's a promo. I mean, I guess we all feed into it. But, but the point is, is Yeah, that, but that shit got picked up everywhere. The New York Times, the LA Times, New York Magazine. Well, it's that's everywhere. Well, that's because know? Netflix released the, the thing to in promotion for the film. Right. But the point is, is that I like T-Pain. He seems like a very nice guy. He is no victim here. And for those of you who were born yesterday, Auto-Tune was public enemy number fucking one mm-hmm. in the music industry for years. So even if Usher did say it, he had a point. And, <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, as somebody who was prim- in my prime right. working in the music industry years, everybody started to feel that way. Because Everyone. the T-Pain, okay, when Cher first came out with Believe, it was brilliant, everybody loved it. T-Pain came out with his first songs, people loved it. But then it, it, it became so prevalent and overused that everybody started to hate it and singers started to hate it because that became a yes. sound and real singers were like, yo, I'm not using that shit, that's right. not it, how I sound. Or they were forced into using and, it to appeal. And that is, whatever that conversation was, first of all, whatever that conversation was, T-Pain has the right to tell his truth. So I'm not gonna say he does not have the right to tell his truth. I, my, my, big, my bigger issue was Netflix cut that promo and how they cut it was very intentional and they got the attention for their show, right? right? But it's like, but you don't leave a bunch of carcasses in the road with that kind of shit because the way you left that was really bad. Two, artists on artists, they, they say things and talk to each other. And, you know, if you've been around artists in rooms and the way they talk about their music and shit, it's very different. Conversation. It's very different. It's very, 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 people. very different. And I, I, I wish in telling his truth that it was a little more eloquent because the way he said that, even though we've only seen a small clip and he's tried to clean it up, it really did make it seem like he woke me up and said all this fucked up shit to me. Well, that's why this, I mean, that's why, you know, you, it's like, like I said, what time is it now? It's 3.20. It'll be right. done. It'll be right. done in a half right. an hour. Right. Because, It'll be listen, done in a half an hour. I, and what I and told, meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> people are Googling, who is T-Pain? <laughs> who is Usher? Who well, no. Usher? Meanwhile, Usher is about to open his fears sold very well residency in Vegas being right. like, I, mean, it's, I don't even remember. Saying, hopefully, it's, hopefully Usher's like, because they're friends. I, my hope is that Usher just reaches out to him and talks to him as friends. It, this doesn't have to be public. because This shouldn't be public. such a non, I'm sorry. And I'm not trying to be dismissive, but it is such a non-issue. It's, One yeah. rich man said to another rich man, your, sh- your shit sucks. And the other rich man <laughs> went, oh no, I'm really depressed. <laughs> All right, great. That's fucking great. All right, next. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, speaking of depressed, 
Let's talk about Dame Dash or Jay Z and their oh, nine hundred. Wait, we'll go. No, we'll get. We'll get to. Yeah, I know, but we'll uh, get. We'll get. We'll uh, get. To, we'll get to the sports. To the to the sports guys. We'll do. Okay. The, we'll do those sports guys toward the end in the wrap up. All right. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's have talk. You ever, no, hold on. Have you ever dealt all, with these, Dame Dash? Have you ever dealt with him? Yes, but you know what? My experiences with him Exhausting. were just. No, actually, my experiences with him, he was always super nice and great. I don't have crazy experiences with him. But mine were always, I want to think it was when I worked at MTV, like he came in to do a tip. I didn't have to do shoots with him, right. nothing too deep. So my stuff was always surface, and he was nice guy to me. Yeah, he was nice. He's yeah. just exhausting. I had yeah. one dealing, well, two dealings with him, but um, he's just a he's a lot. Yeah, but aren't they all a lot? No, he's a lot. <laughs> he's a lot, but not a bad guy. Not a so, bad guy. So why don't you give? Why don't you give some background? All right, so there's Jay just uh, uh, it all involves things that make my head hurt. So basically, this will be the segment known as Amy and Courtney are too old for this shit, and my <laughs> head hurts. Twice. Twice. <laughs> my fucking head hurts. Oh my god. Okay. So basically, Dame. Dame Dash, who is owns or owned one third of Rockefeller with Jay Z and Kareem Biggs, and Dame Dash, um, you know, he's in all the videos very early on, and they very famously fell out. And Damian Dash has had a lot of money problems. Why did they fall out? I don't even know why they actually fell uh, out. I think over Cameron, right? Was it? Dame, Dame Dash wanted to bring Cameron on board. I don't know. It's stupid. You know, it was probably a stupid reason. Right. It was money. It had to be money. That's the only reason you fall out with somebody that you're in a business deal with, you right. know? Right. Um, anyway, so blah, blah, blah. And he's had a, a litany of money problems. But um, long story short, he wants to sell an NFT of Reasonable Doubt, which was Jay-Z's first album, obviously, and the first release on Rockefeller, and pretty much a record that changed uh, everything for everybody. Um, so he wants to sell that. Uh, don't even get me started on NFTs. That's a whole nother thing. Uh, mm -hmm. My head is going to explode. Again. Yeah, we're going to have to have somebody on the yeah, show. No, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, well, I have to ask a 10-year-old what that right. means. Okay. <laughs> I just figured out what Bitcoin was last week, and now it's over. <laughs> but anyways, let's well, sure he wants to sell an NFT of it, and Jay is saying, no, you cannot, because it's not yours to sell, because I'm the artist. I did the record. And Damien Dash's response is, uh, I'm one-third of the owner, or I was one-third of the owner when this record came out. So and he still owns his one-third of Rockefeller. He owns, I think he's No, he did because he said that Jay-Z tried to offer him 1.5 million to buy it out. And he said he felt like that was too cheap while you Oh, trying. that is too cheap. He was like, you want one point. And he that's what he says, what Dave says. So because remember when Jay was up at remember when Jay became the label president, the president and he was yeah. up at Polygram. So Def that Jam, was around yeah. the yeah, Def Jam of oh, Def Jam. No, but remember when they were upstairs, there was something going on. At Worldwide Plaza, it, yeah. Right. So that's when it, um, that's around when it happened. But I think it was over Cameron, but I don't know. Ask somebody, you know. But long story short, it's rich men fighting over toys once again. The question, though, becomes, and this is something you and I have discussed, 
things are moving so fast with technology and the mm -hmm. idea of ownership and the idea yes. of what is this and what. So we can no longer copyright law almost has to be written on. Kind of sort of it does. All it has the to be updated. Time. Yeah, it really does. All the time because who could have predicted when this album was made? 25 years later, somebody was going to sell an NFT, three words that didn't even, initials that didn't even mm -hmm. exist, and try to make money. So it, it's, we're, we're chasing our tail with this stuff, you know? And because streaming and just the way all that works. Yeah. Everything. Which, so, which, which brings us to Jay and Jonathan Mannion. So uh, wait, I was just going to ask you though. So this is just now going to be in the courts, or they're firing shots back and forth. Well, right now, well, well, you know, well, you know, Jay is litigious. So Very litigious. He, his first thing with, was his lawyers are dealing with the Dame situation, but Dame is saying, I still own one third of Rockefeller. You can't tell me what I can do with something that I own. Right. Which I agree with, right? No, it, I mean, it's a but, third his. But yeah. if you own a third of a label, but I'm the artist who created this music and it's my voice, it gets tricky. But we saw what just happened with Taylor Swift, with that, right? Because rights are rights. And, it's a it's a weird situation because it's weird it's him trying to do weird. the NFT on an album that he is not the primary artist on. I see where Jay is like, oh, but is he but an executive? Know. But he's an executive producer, yeah. right? Yes, he and is. He put up money for it, so yeah. and he owns a third. So in would he have to then bring in Kareem Biggs and ask him what he wants to do, or can he just sell? A third of it. Like, how do you sell a third of an album? What, he's just going to put no Can't Knock the Hustle and a couple, like, three songs and that's it? It's yeah, really uh, yeah, it's, yeah, fucking it's, weird. Yeah. And the law just has to, it's like, that's why when people talk about the Constitution, it's like <laughs> set in stone. No, it was written a million years ago. So, I mean, these laws have the, not The Constitution was written about was it 90 years before electricity 70 something years before electricity Electric, the constitution was written in excuse me 1776 yeah but the first versions of electricity right. came like 90 years later that lets you know How there's so it? much they they could have yeah. imagined computers they couldn't imagine you walking around with a computer uh, in they, your uh, pocket they couldn't imagine they, black people and right. women okay you know what <laughs> and then there's that okay so basically so that's that's today's version of Jay-Z, People's Court. That's number one. That's number one. Now, <laughs> number, number one. two number is two. really tricky. It's really tricky. All right, now, so why don't you go into, you explain Now, that Jonathan Mannion is a very famous photographer and who has shot photographer. everybody. A lot of the hip-hop artists you love, famous album covers, photos you've seen, he was that guy. The DMX, he did all, he did those yeah. DMX issues with the blood. He did Tupac, all, he's of, Jay, yeah, yeah, all exactly. of Jay's records. He's yeah. a, a hugely influential image-wise photographer. I mean, he's one of those guys, you look at his picture and you go, that's a Jonathan Mann. All right. Now, he, I guess for years, has been selling Jay-Z prints, but he's also done these licensing deals with different companies mm. and has been selling bags with Jay's name on it, shirts with Jay's picture and his name on it. Yeah, that's probably You know, like record, like record plates for turntables right. with his name and image on it. And, you know, I've been having debates back and forth with friends being like, well, it depends on the contracts. I'm like, look, when I was a product manager, I've been on 873,000 shoots. I've been on a gazillion album packaging shoots. I have negotiated the album packaging shoots as, as a product manager. And that's always usually very specific use, those contracts. Yeah. It is not 
Okay, yeah, because with some artists that I work with, the bigger ones, I will, let me just tell you something. I learned a lot of stuff from Matthew Knowles. People want to talk about him. What I learned early on was, he was one of those people with those shoots, especially with his artists, with, with some of his bigger artists, th those shoots would be bought outright. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be like the photographer owned those. Any no, of that no, shoot. it was like- It was, was bought just... outright. So the, the, the label paid for half, the artist paid for half. So they owned those shoots. So nobody could come and just say, I'm going to now put your face on a t-shirt. I think so, that's where it gets problematic. That's where I'm it gets sorry. problematic to me, too. Because the t-shirts, the merch. So if he didn't buy his shoot outright, and probably for reasonable doubt, the first album, that it's usually, it would be like a million dollars, 800,000. It's very expensive to do, which bigger artists can do once you get bigger. Like, it's, it's a different conversation with your label and your management buying your shoots. Right. First album, hip hop artists, nobody yeah. was. They weren't indie, they, indie yeah, record. They weren't. Album, they weren't. You know. They weren't paying that kind of money to buy shoes. So Jonathan probably is the copyright holder to a bunch of images. Mm -hmm. And you can sell prints, but to me, it does become. And this is where I think it's going to get wonky for him. It does become weird when you start creating merch. Because yeah, merch the, is different than you selling. Yeah, the merch and these is contracts are usually they usually are specific use. It says what this shoot is about. Right. And usually with people who sell prints and the stuff, there's an, a license agreement or something with the artist to be like, I, I can I, sell I, a print. Like I can, I can make do, a print. Yeah, I can do the right something like that. When you start making merch. That's not good. It seems, I mean, I think of all the shoots I've been on, all the photographers I've been on, I don't know of any of the other ones who suddenly started making sweatshirts and bags well, with people's name on it. But there's, a, and I'm wondering, so yeah, I'm with you too, because we see, look, I've been, we've all been to tons of galleries and places where famous mm -hmm. photographers, if you go up to Woodstock, there's a very well-known photographer, Elliot Landry, who did all the band stuff, and Dylan, he sells that stuff everywhere. Now, money was different back then, but he probably has permission to sell it. Where Jonathan might be able to get around it is if he does something where he takes the image and then tweaks it, like get somebody, a graffiti artist, to kind of mess with it. And but that's saying, not what he did. No, but I'm saying yeah. that's where if he wants yeah, to do right, it, because right. they have done that, the, the book, the mashup, they did that where they took images, the artist, uh, the photographer owned those images, but then she brought in other artists to tweak the images. Right. So then it becomes something else. I think that, so yeah, John, I don't have a problem with the selling of the prints. I think making no, it right. that merch, we, we, yeah. make it, I think that Jonathan and Dame Dash need to tag up and make an NFT of the, um, of the thing. Yeah, it, it, and again, here's another thing. Um, I will say this, and I, you know, it's just, I understand why Jay is litigious, but sometimes it's like, this should be done off camera. It's he doesn't. Well, it's not a good look for him. Well, except, except, are we just seeing the end result when it becomes litigious? Maybe, yeah. Because the conversation with Jonathan evidently was he's been asking for a long time to stop doing this, and Jonathan said no. Stop selling teach. Stop selling merch with my name because he's putting his name on it with the right. images, and Jonathan. And evidently, from from we're only hearing from one side. From the J side, they're saying, well, Jonathan said he would stop for, I guess, some, some undisclosed sum, which was millions and millions of dollars. So now you're going to go to court, and, and here's the thing. I would be protective of my image. 
Right. I'll be protective of my, you may have shot me. You want to sell prints? Tell me you're going to sell prints. You can sell prints. But if you start making merch, now you're kind of interfering with my with actual my business well, with and what, with what yeah. I'm doing. Well, I'll find out because yeah. um, I have, we have a lot of friends in common, yeah. me and Java. Yeah. So I'll do some super sleuthing. Yeah, right. you know. Yeah, I, and I hate up. that shit, and I feel you, because it's like, you know, the litigious part is always like, you wish people could work it out. But you also know being in this business, sometimes you just it's need not, a good old it's lawyer. Un, it's you got to do it. You, gotta, you um, just got to get a good old lawyer and let him get in there and work the shit out for you. But yeah. I do say every time we hear Jay's name lately, there's but always something like a lawyer. lawyer. There's lawyer. a lawyer, lawyer in the conversation. So. Lawyer. I know. Um, it's very I, L.A. He moved to L.A. and got very, like, I know, and he's team. suing everybody. Yeah, <laughs> my team suing. is just going to sue you all. I'm just going to sue you. Sue you, sue you. All right. Um, speaking of your team, watch this segue. <laughs> Gay NFL. Let's talk about, I, you know, I could care less about football. But. A six-year veteran, Carl Nassib. Six years in the, in, in the league. That was weird. Okay. Oh, that was me actually. I pressed and I was listening to him speak. So I'm sorry. Oh, Did you hear like, that? No, like, you were oh looking around. You were, oh look, she was, you were looking around like someone's in my house. They're talking to me. Right. No. Who's talking? They're listening to I'm us. <laughs> Jay's going to sue us. <laughs> right. No, he's coming right after, right after the show airs. He's going to allegedly send a lawyer <laughs> to Good. sue us. And I'll nice be like... Be nice to have company. No, it'll be like, sue us so I can get on TV and get more people to listen to the show. I'll be like, I don't know why we said that. I'm going to let you finish. It is now available on Deezer, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, and everywhere else. Hi, hi, yes, but hi, but don't ever rush me when I'm telling people where our fucking show can be heard. Hi, that's the good part. That's true. You know what I mean? It's like that little thing they can hear. But yeah, it's really amazing because. We know that there are gay men, women in every sport. Football is the one, you saw the Michael Sam experiment, which I always felt. Do you remember Michael Sam? Yes, he I was do. Drafted. You say, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do I, remember that. I always felt that the way his, I just wish he had had some black people advising him because he needed a, a different team. I think the way he came out was courageous and great. But I watched a bunch of steps they were making, and I was like, "This is y'all. Are, this is weird. Like you're doing. You're not doing this right. right. It's like you're not going to give this guy a fair shot. And what ended up happening? He didn't get a fair shot. Right. Really. But you got Carl, who's been playing for this is about to be his sixth season, and. You know, he was just matter of fact, and I love it. And he's giving $100,000 to the Trevor Project. I believe him talking about that and bringing it up, I hope gen- more donations will pour into the Trevor pro- Project. But I do believe representation is important. And I think it's really important for young people to see that it's, you know, I think we're gay. Just, I always, you know, as a gay guy and was always knew I was gay, I felt special, but I didn't feel like I needed to just be like, I'm gay. I was just like, I'm a person who happens to be gay. And with Carl, he was like, I think he's giving you, I'm a person who happens to be gay. And I love that because we just being just part of society, doing your thing. It doesn't matter. It's nobody's business who anybody goes to bed with. It just isn't. And I'm proud of him. And I'm proud of this moment. And I'm proud of the way, you know, the, the, the league stood behind him, his team. 
different sports folks from all across stood behind him. And, you know, it's a good moment. It's a good moment during Pride Month. It's like, gosh, can we have some good stories? You know what I mean? Because everything is always so tragic. And this is one that is not, and it makes me happy. I will just throw a little bit of cold water on this, and I agree with you. The, the, the real test will be when the season starts and the first evangelical says, I'm not going to be in the locker room if well, that happens. No, be, I'm just saying, yeah, that, right. that'll be, because it is it is fantastic what he did, and I love that it was effortless, and it shouldn't even be but a except, conversation, but right. that's going to be the test, the first evangelical that And, and then that person is going to be the one to look like an idiot because you played yes. against him for five seasons. Right, exactly. Right. Oh, no, now you can't, yeah. now right. you now, can't touch Now me. you can't, yeah, oh, now you're worried now, about it, and right. it's like, you know, so many football players have come out of the closet after they've retired. So right. it's like, he's not the only one. And nobody, I, you know what's really interesting about this conversation? Your hair looks nice. I like it. Oh, it's <laughs> very long. Thank yeah, you. it's long. It looks good. It's I just, just noticed it. It's you're going to cut long. it? <laughs> oh, well, I'm not. I'm going to have a paid professional. Oh, you got paid? Yes. Anyway, oh, see, I just got all the time. That, <laughs> yeah. See, that's some gay shit. You're in the middle of something serious. Like, no, it's your hair. It's, yeah, it's like your hair looks It is getting long, too. It is. because you had That cut you had lasted for a long time. Yes, really yes, yes, yes. I know how to get my money's worth right. out of a group um, on haircut. I, yeah, I'm always, it always fascinates me that certain men seem to think because you're gay. We're just all going around staring at dicks all day. What it's like, oh, it's it's like, like, oh, look, there's a dick. There's a dick. Oh, look, there's a dick. There's a dick. There's a dick. There's a dick. That's like, motherfucker, nobody wants you. Nobody wants you. No, nobody wants you. And it's, no, and it's always the motherfucker who you're looking at like, Women don't even want to fuck you. No, you're horrible. I'm saying, well, men think that men have an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, they have this weird self. thing. Yeah, they like, I don't need that motherfucker around me. I was like, you're the most ignorant person in the room. Nobody wants you. around you. Nobody wants you. <laughs> Plus, not for nothing. Happy Pride. Speaking, speaking of my vast experience with straight <laughs> men and gay men, very few uh -huh. gay men want to fuck a straight guy because what's the point? No, they have a lot of gay men who get attracted to that whole family. All right, well, no, we don't want to jinx Carl. No, no, but the, the Carl has been playing in this league for five. No, Carl is going to be just five. Well, good for him. We're and I'm happy for him. For him. I'm happy, 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 happy for him. He was beforehand. All right, why don't you talk a little bit about the NCAA versus SCOTUS. First nine, nothing um, appeal, uh, <laughs> a decision all year. Well, they're going to get rid of abortion. They're going <laughs> to send women into the streets with coat hangers. Mm -hmm. They're not going to let black people vote. Mm -hmm. But athletes can get paid. Okay, <laughs> yay. Well, well, they didn't say that. They didn't clear the way for cash payments. But what they are saying is you have to give some leeway to these kids. It's like most kids who are on a scholarship and go to school can have a job. They can, they can get a present from someone in their family without being penalized. And there's this weird, I understand what they're worried about in sports, but a lot of these kids who come to college and get these scholarships in sports because they're trying, it's their way out, a lot of them, of the neighborhoods that they're in and it's a track to professional sports and being able to support their family. It's like, they can't work, they can't receive, they, it's like all these rules and the schools are making so much money off of them, especially these D1 schools that are all in, in the, the games are televised. And they're like, well, the scholarship is the money. I'm like, I'm sorry. One commercial break 
from it one is, of those games is, is all there's the full team scholarship. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? It's also, <laughs> it's also, I mean, there is, yeah. Selling I mean, jerseys with their name. They get none of that. I mean, dude, come on. All these schools, they can afford it. But the, I think the other point, which is really interesting, is that getting back to this idea of how we redefine things, let's, let's stop the illusion that these are amateur athletes, okay? These are professional athletes who have not yet signed a contract. These are not, this is not the West Forth pickups fucking game. Right. All right. The Olympics are not amateurs. Let's stop this shenanigans. Okay. It's, 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 yes, they're not NBA level. Yes. Most of them won't go into the NBA. Yes. College basketball is the last time you do see rich white men playing professional basketball <laughs> who are not from a foreign country, but they're not amateur athletes. So stop treating them like it's a, a PSAL league and they're bring you know, they deserve some form of compensation, as you said, outside of, outside of the education because they are generating buku bucks for these buku bucks for, for networks who are advertising for right. the schools for they, they have to, their uniforms that they're wearing are branded by either, either Nike or Adidas or one of the companies. Right. It's like, Everybody is making money but these kids. And if somebody gives them a gift of something, they're penalized for it. And it's like, it's hard to be the poor one on the totem pole when you see everybody else around you eating good and doing whatever. Right. And, if you're, and if you're taking a dinner by somebody and you're found out, it's a problem. Now, I do get you're trying to keep everything fair and, yeah. and cheating out of the sport. I understand all of that. But I also understand that if I'm a poor college student, when I was in college, I had a job. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, and yeah. if my job is to go to school and to play basketball, then you have to give me some sort of stipend so I can maybe buy myself a new pair of sneakers. Maybe well, I can go to eat. Maybe well, I can go to a movie. Especially if you're tying in the academic scholarship to the performance on the court. Right. Because... Because if you're going to say that they're tied in, then you are, in fact, a hired employee. That you're, you're, you are hired in a That's lot true. of ways. That and if true. you don't do well in the classes, are you still allowed to be on the team? Like, which are you? Are you an indentured servant or are you an academic scholarship? So right. it's. I just find it fascinating, though, that it was nine zero. Well, like, this is good. This is gonna. We'll see where this leads because you have student athletes really fighting for being paid and different stuff. And I don't think that they should have, like, it shouldn't be, like, NBA levels of money. Oh, but, no, no, no. But there, there has to be, you have to figure something out because something. then you have to then you have to let them, you just, you can't be like, you, there's a lot of penalties for these kids. There's a line they have to walk that other students in the school don't have to walk. And there are other students on scholarship that don't have to walk that same well, then it's, it's like we were saying, it's a, here's another case of where things have changed. Nobody 20... Well, maybe not 25 years, 40 years ago when these rules were instituted, the NC, the March, all this stuff didn't exist. Nobody was selling the jersey of a college right. football or basketball player. So, again, you can't keep the rules the same. Yeah. of the 20s and then sell a commercial spot for March Madness for $5 million. You can't have it both ways. You're either I mean, going to acknowledge that it's an industry and still keep the athletic integrity right. We don't want them bought and paid for like that, or you don't. I mean, you can't have it both ways. So. Some of these kids are household names, you know what I mean? Oh, you, for sure. They are household names. Uh, Zion Williamson, excuse me. You know, like right. everyone knew who he was, you know? Right. Of course they are. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. 
All right, where do you want to go next? Next, next, next. Let's go to. Uh, I was listening to. I know you haven't heard it yet, so we won't go in deep. But I'm just going to tell everybody, the new HER album is fantastic. I was a little worried because I really liked her when she first came out. The first EP was amazing. Then it was like 40 EPs <laughs> and a lot of songs, and they, they they started sounding like the same song. Then she even made like a reggae song, and I was like, okay, what's happening? That was that was that was one of those good. moments yeah, when you're like, let's good. stick to yeah, that was not good, <laughs> not doing that, and um, it just feels like. It's a solid body of work. And you know how I, I love a body of work. I love it when somebody under, like, understands the concept of an album. We like and, cohesiveness. Yeah, and it's really good. And she's young, and it's just it sounds great. It's really good. I like it a she lot. She already has an Old Navy commercial, by the way. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that was fast. Um, yeah, I will listen to it. Um, I have heard very good things about it, so I will listen to it, but I just didn't have time this morning um, to listen to it because I, I feel like I should pay attention. She's someone to pay attention to. Um, mm -hmm. What else do you want to go with there? Today, on June 22nd, 1971... Joni Mitchell's Blue was released. All right, so how old were you? I wasn't born yet. Okay, so I was, and <laughs> let me tell you something. Every, and wasn't born yet, meaning I might have been three or four. But <laughs> oh, okay, so I was, what year is it, 2011? I mean, 1971? <laughs> no, 1971. I was 12. Okay, so I was, tw was I? Yes, I was 12. Okay, so every mopey girl in junior high and high school listened to that record to the wheels fell off. <laughs> I knew every single song. Back then, I actually had a soprano voice, which is hilarious because I sound like Marge, large Marge from The Simpsons right now. <laughs> but I had a beautiful soprano voice. And I used to sing every single song and the hilarity of it is that here I am, little virginal 12, 13, 14, because it went to a singing about lovers on Greek <laughs> islands. And I don't, I'm like you don't know shit that shit. you're singing about, right? I you're don't just... even know where Greece is. You know, <laughs> I've never even kissed a boy. Right. And I'm like, these, like singing these, like, oh, and carrying my old man. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, that album, you know what? And, and that album absolutely. Um, you know, I have my issues with Joni Mitchell as a human being. Do you? As an, yeah, everything I've ever read about. I've read several books, and she's, I don't want, you know, not a nice person. But that said, I have no issues with her artistically. And right. this album is, many people have said, I'm not original in this, it's saying if she, that she may be in so many ways more important or certainly better than Dylan in a lot of ways. She certainly was musically more interesting than Dylan. Lyrically, maybe not as much. I mean, Dylan is obviously a great lyricist, mm -hmm. but she, this is, and, and she was 23 when she recorded it. Very and this was the album where she was dating James Taylor at the time, right? No, or had, had they just... Graham. Graham Nat, all of them. No, yeah, but the, but a bunch of the songs on this album are very specific about 
the shit with James Taylor and remember his addiction and they were in love and then his fame kind of exploded and he broke up with her. And well, Graham Nash is mm. also someone, the songs are about him and My Old Man is about Graham Nash. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, bless her heart, Johnny. I mean, whatever, it was a very incestuous. James Taylor is another person who comes off very badly in 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 bios and stuff mm. like that. Also not a nice person, shocking, a drug addict who's not a nice person. I mean, uh, I have to say with Joni, I, I think Blue is a great record, but I like her weird offbeat records that people don't like. I like Dog Eat Dog. I like her Jaya. And, really, yeah. and I really love the hissing of summer lawns. Oh, yeah, I yeah. love that yeah. album. Love, love, well, love. This is very different. I mean, I think what's great about her, and, and we can say this about any sort of catalog career artist, is that there is enough room in her catalog to give it to Blue, give it to Hissing Summer Lawn, mm -hmm. giving it to Dan Juan's daughter. I mean, mm -hmm. she's never made a bad album. She's just made albums that are different. And those albums were made when she was older and getting into more jazzy sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, no, but Blue is, like you said, I mean, Blue is one of those albums that is a, it's not just a moment in time because it really cemented this, the, the woman singer-songwriter thing. Yeah. For real. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it's the touchstone record and, and, you know, everyone, I mean, Jesus Christ, River has become a Christmas, like a perennial Christmas song. Kind of sad. It's, a beautiful, it's, it's a, beautiful, a beautiful song. It really It's is. a beautiful song. And she did a lot of the production on that album too, which is sort of, the Times has a great thing this week, an interactive thing. Uh, 50 uh, reason, fifty reasons to love blue, and it has little excerpts from people who were involved in the songs mm -hmm. talking about it. It's very cool. So, yeah, no, um, it's it's an important record, and I'm sure when you were three in your little crib going, Carrie, mm -hmm. Carrie, no. <laughs> yeah, I got. I, I try to think about because Joni Mitchell was not an artist that was played in my house when I was young. She wasn't one of the ones. I don't think I really discovered her. I discovered her on my own. And I was probably a teenager when. Let me ask happened. you something. And mm -hmm. do you think when Prince came out and talked about her, was that like a, a thing where you think a lot of young black kids suddenly went, "Oh shit, really?" I think that uh, you know, I think I definitely think he opened up people mm -hmm. to her, and because he really revered her. And I want to say he played on one of her records, maybe. I think he's played maybe. with her, or maybe, something maybe, because yeah. or played one of her songs, and you know. But that's like anything, right? When a, a contemporary artist of the time right. starts talking about their influence and they bring up somebody, people automatically, the curiosity is, well, who's that? And go dig into the catalog. Right, right. No, you know? I think, I'm just wondering if, if, if that, because I do know a lot of people who, um, black folk in, in particular, suddenly like, because I mean, Joni Mitchell, like if you were a white person, that was like saying, I like to breathe. I mean, it was like Joni Mitchell. I mean, do you know what's funny was. about her? That I think that most people, I think the legend of Joni Mitchell is actually bigger than her music. Because you think about the amount of albums, yeah. the, those first albums in the beginning, everybody knows those songs, but people don't know. I think Past Blue, a lot of people don't know. Mm -hmm. the I rest disagree. Courtney Spark was her biggest. Oh, yeah, that's Courtney Spark was a big record. And yeah, so it was, was For the Roses, and For the Roses was, they yeah. charted very yes. high. But those, we're talking like five albums out of how many has she made? She's had like 30 something albums, maybe. But, I mean, you know. Um, yeah, I could see that. But I mean, she stopped being played on the radio, and the radio. Yeah. 
look, let's face it, all artists, there are very few. Bruce Springsteen is still making records. None of his ship is played. You have your peak commercial years. And Except then he still it. has number one albums. And rock radio still plays him. Well, rock radio, but she rock. was dealing with a different yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. And she's a woman. Yeah, and, well, you, and, you know, yeah. and you know how that works. It's true, yeah. it's true, it's true. Let's talk about Donnie a little bit, because you brought yeah. that up, and I thought that... Um, you know, um, the, the color section, man, it just... Ha- Last Friday, the 20th anniversary, I know we've talked about that album in the past, the 20th anniversary release has come up and uh, and um, people are really seem can excited about little, it. Can you kind of give a little context for the record? Because it is definitely like, it's one of those records that you know, but you may not be aware of. Well, it's really, it's a st- this record came out, God, what year was that, 90? Well, 25 years ago. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm like, when did that come out? When did that come out? <laughs> Maybe it was 25 years ago. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me count. Oh, right, okay. So Donnie <laughs> yeah. started when, Donnie, I don't know if he's from Atlanta, but he was singing around a town in Atlanta, kind of in that same scene as India Ari and a bunch of... Beyond Ferris and, yeah. and, and, and Follow For Now, yeah. that group yeah. Follow For Now. Oh my God, I completely forgot Remember about them? them. Holy oh, shit. They were great, right? And <laughs> um, Van and Hunt. De- I, worked, I worked Dion's first record. I love like, her. Her solo album was... Oh. Like, that record was oh, so, so good. People good. need to revisit. That record, it wasn't... Oh. What was it? Wildflower? Wildflower? Is that the name of it? What's the name of the Dion album? Wildflower. Uh, Wildflower. It is such an amazing record. Passion is my Everything. fucking song. Passion. Uh, anyway, no, she's a great singer, and she's another yeah. one who hooked up with the wrong guy, and he fucked up her life and ended her career. <laughs> to be continued. She still performs. She still I know, but you know what I mean. It's like... And you know, Mick... Our buddy Migs is still friends with Dion. I know, and she was the girl... She dated... For the guy from Follow For Now. Mm. That was her boyfriend. And now, and then there was Van, there was a whole little, um, I hate this term, but I'm just going to say all R&B scene well, in Atlanta. They, I, was, and I was about to say Neo Soul, which I hate that. And they, terms they, they kind of yeah. try to lump him into that, which is not what he ever said he was. Right. So he puts the album out on Giant Step. The budge is huge. It's, you know, we need to do a show on Giant Step. Giant uh. Step. The we record can, I, they chose to put out in that period of time are just some well, all still sounds so great. Let me reach really out to out. Morris. Morris yeah. would I mean he's an old friend. He we need good. we need to have because you know, Zero Seven, who we're going to talk about is in in, in a future show. Uh, we're gonna do this unsung show that we were gonna do today, but we've been talking it out. We're already been talking for almost an hour. Um they, those first records before they went on to Electra in the U.S. were on Giant Step, but he was on Giant Step, so you know the buzz happens there, and it's a really buzzy record. Yeah, get signed to Motown, they re-release it, and nothing really happened. Nothing. And it's one of those ones that the cool kids and college-age kids will Us. always come back to this day and discover because yeah. it really is a snapshot talking about black life in america 
And it's a really brilliant record. So this new version has 16 tracks. I believe there are two new tracks and then like alternate versions, demos and, and remastered remixes. remastered and all that and kind of stuff. remixes and all of that kind of stuff. So um, people, I hope you guys really check that out because it is- It's called a- The Color Tech. And the title itself at the time is very controversial. The, right. cover, the cover of the album is fantastic. Yes. It was a record where you looked at it and you knew what you were going to get. And it right. was very much, as you said, a snapshot of sort of black bohemia at that time. This is the same time where you have Erica coming out, you have a whole new Dion, like you said, you have a whole sort of like way for black artists who who had been pigeonholed. Like if you're not doing R&B and you're not doing hip hop, then what are you doing? What do you mean you have a guitar in your hand? What the fuck is that? So someone like Donnie is coming from a soul perspective, but there's also a lot of Bill Withers in the in the sort of storytelling vibe. I have to go back to that record because I was certainly um, bombarded with that record because yes. I was writing it. I mean, that was a record they were like, Amy Linden, Amy Linden. It was a, <laughs> right. hey, you must listen to this. But right. it's a, it, he was very, and he just sort of, put out the record and went into the ethos. I mean, and that was it. It's that weird thing where you see something and you're like, it has everything. Everything. It has everything. You think the timing is right. It's that moment. He can really sing. He can perform. And then you're like, <gasps> nothing. What do you think? It, why do you think it was? I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. Do you think, do you think going to, uh, people joke around about Motown being mm-hmm. the kiss of death, but do you think that going to a major was the problem? Do you think it would have been he would have been better suited being uh, a really uh, no. big fish in a small pond? No, because look, he was label mates at that time with India Ari, who did well for them. Erica Badu, who's in that vein, who did well for them. It is just one of those things where you can't really explain why it didn't connect, but it did. It connects with people on a certain level who've heard it and love it. And it's why that record has been talked about for so many years, but you know, with the public, it's so weird. I I just can't tell. I think that often, I mean, I think that often the public and also the label to some extent, even though Motown is in theory a black music label, but um, I think that they have a hard time taking more than one thing at a time. Like, it's like, oh, there's two women doing that stuff. Oh, I can't take one. It's too confusing. I only want one. I can't have more than one. And, well, I have an issue with Indiari. That'll be a whole nother conversation because she works my last nerve. I find her to be just like a human equivalent of black soap that, or black or shape. Like she's a human equivalent. No, I of, used to, I used to, uh, I used to always say, and um, this is so horrible, but no, I would always say a, to my friend, I said, she's still singing about like cocoa butter and shea butter yeah, and that, shit. Yeah, it was just like, enough. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just was like, yeah, my hair is fucked up too. Okay. But I, I like her and I liked, I like, I like, and I, and I actually really liked her first two albums a lot. I did. You're but it's funny with it. her, she was never an artist that stuck to me that I had to feel like I need to listen to her when she comes. I up. don't think there was, I think there was, well, my point was not to be mean to Miss India Ari, uh, <laughs> India dot Ari, by the mm-hmm. way. Don't forget the uh, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my point is, is that the public can only take so much and especially when it comes to black music and they're like, but we're already listening to this one. Why do we have to listen to that one? He may not, I don't think he had videos the same way that they did. He wasn't mm-hmm. as That's out true. there. Can you I know, just I, say, I hate what, um, I look at black radio and I really hate this, what they've done to black music, the way they've segregated it. There's like 
you know, there's no room for black rock, alternative acts. It's like you have to sound either super R&B or you need to be hip hop with like if you're and I'm talking about if you're a singer, super R&B or you need to be with hip hop beats and you have to have the hottest rappers on your song. It's like there's no room Especially at that time, where like oh, where you're are the room? Then? You're talking yeah. about then or now? Where, where is the room for these artists who are making great music but not being played? I think of all the hours of the week in radio, there's not one black rock show on any of our stations. Do well, like they do with the dance yeah. shows. They of used course. to make, the dance shows are still at midnight on BLS and different channels. They could be if you had a one a.m. If you you don't want to do it during the day, fine. Give them a midnight. A, a rock right. show. There are so many black artists and black people. We're not this monolithic group that just wants to hear R&B, just wants to hear hip hop. Well, that's why I find it encouraging the success of St. John. I mean, there's, yeah. he's one of a many. I think the, I think, and she's, I'm not saying that she's doing anything that hasn't been done before, but SZA is an interesting lane because yeah. she appeals as much to the alt girls white girls as she does to um so i think that look we, oh, all right newsflash water is wet and america is racist <laughs> now, stop me if you've heard that one before no mm -hmm. it's very much look we know this it's like there's an idea of what a black artist is going to be there's an idea of what a woman artist should sound like we still have issues with women holding fucking guitars in their hand unless they're strumming it you know well try being a black woman who makes pop music i've worked with black women well, who make pop yeah. and pop radio just acts like they're invisible right no, but that, <laughs> so yeah so exactly so that's what it, what we're saying is is that if if, if and in a very strange way, Donnie was coming up at a point where everybody was pretending that things were opening up. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, but luckily we're not as radio driven now. And it'd be interesting to see the response to this record now and to see if he tours with it or does something with it. Well, what he just said, and I like, is, and I thought it was very fierce. He was like, it's really interesting that the label that dropped me <laughs> is putting out a 20th anniversary of my album. He said, but I'm excited because that will open up opportunities for me to go out there and do stuff. And I do think that with the buzz around this record and hopefully people are streaming it because now it's so much easier to just boop, 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 there it is. Right that he will go out this summer and play some of these songs and his new music because he's made other music and, and, and people will have an awareness of them. That's, that's what I love about music. And this is the part that I do love about streaming. All of that stuff is evergreen. Yeah, you don't have to great. go search for it. Oh, who's exactly. Donnie? Let me type right. it up and it all pops right up. Well, I will say in defense, uh, uh, the people who are releasing the record now are the people who do catalog and those guys always right. have better ears. Absolutely. So, fucking listen. Our old friend Harry Wanger who does the catalog and the and all the and and the they have a whole division there where they do like urban reissues. So those are the yeah. guys who dug him back then and then are going okay, now let's put it out. And they yeah. don't have to worry about a marketing budget. They can literally just take the fucking thing and put it on Spotify and bingo. And what people don't system. realize, because I know the same thing with Sony, you know, that's the legacy department. Oh, legacy like, is great. And yeah. if people think it's these new releases that are keeping the lights on. Mm -hmm. No, it's mm -hmm. all of this old shit. That, the streaming numbers for all of these old records, everybody forgets all of that. The label's, 
it's just a trough of money they're making. You don't have to remarket any of that. They have repackaged. Let me just tell you something. I've seen Destiny's Child number ones, Destiny's Child's greatest love songs, <laughs> Destiny's Child's dancer. They have packaged all of that every which way. Excuse like, me. <laughs> your friend Miss Linden used to make a nice little penny for all the <laughs> Those Will Downing's greatest hits, <laughs> Motown Christmas. I'm like, Sarah I will say, yeah, I mean, you have written lighter notes for a lot of greatest hits and shit. They catch you. Thank you, Black Jesus. For and that. those are the checks that always clear. Those are the, those are the and checks. There are no issues. And there's no problem. And you just sit there and you, you know what? That's a good thing. Right. Every, every five years, you take the same thing, you put it in another package, and you give it to people. And mm -hmm. then uh, there's always some person who hasn't heard that song. That's true. That's what you do. Listen, right. I love it. I love people discovering, and, I, and yeah. I'm hoping, and I hope you guys go out there, re-listen to Donnie, re-listen to... We listen to simpler things by 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 zero seven. Go and listen to Wildflower. Like if you have not pulled out Dion Farris and listened listen to her to in it. years, Great. man, it's one of those albums you just put it on and from start to finish, your whole life was like, wow, this and, was and dope. For some of you who might not know who she is, she had that um, she had a huge VH1 hit with I Know, but she was the woman who sang on the Arrested Development. The Arrested Development. Development, right. Yeah. Won't you take me? No, wonderful singer, great girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do, because we wanted to do it this time, but we got you know caught up in the rapture, which is a good thing. Um, that's what Media Farmer, Nevermore yeah. 2023. Uh, yeah, as if there's going to be a world <laughs> in 2023. But that's good. Um, we might be contained in little camps by then. Um, but we are going to talk about some unsung, or not unsung, um, undersung, people that we really kind of vibe of. Um, hopefully I'll see the Sparks document. I found it on one of those places. Why do I keep making air quotes know, when I'm, I'm on right, the radio? <laughs> Can you hear my air quotes? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, oh, uh, and we're going to tell people we got we have a bunch of guests coming. Our friend Miguel Baguera is going to be on the show whoop, whoop, whoop. in July. And we are going to discuss, he was both Nas and Lauren's publicist. And we're going to discuss the campaigns for Illmatic, Nas's debut, and Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And just shaking and those campaigns and talk about the rollout of those records. he was the first Fuji's record, too. Yeah, he was he was the first Fuji's yeah, record. He did all of the food. He was... All of it. Clap all of it. And I will talk to you about how Miguel tried to buy me off with a McFlurry so yeah. that I wouldn't print something <laughs> about Wyclef saying that Lauren didn't know who the baby of her, uh, the father of her baby was. And Miguel <laughs> said, let's get a McFlurry. And Amy <laughs> Linden was so excited to have a McFlurry that she said, okay, I won't print it. Allegedly. <laughs> Let's but no, just I, add no, that. Was, I did no, have a McFlurry. You did, but I'm allegedly in the other part just oh, for yeah, the allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. For the allegedly of it all. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it was, that's what a fucking loser I was. Here mm. I am with my friend, and I adore Miguel, we'll talk about it, who mm. had a Sony expense account when Sony expense account meant something, Let and I'm settling something. for a McFlurry? Use a McFlurry. Let me just tell you something. You, my... Do you know how many meals we okay. used to get? All right. Can we, we just <laughs> can we just take a moment to it's Pride Month. Give pride to my Sony Amex. 
Because oh, when yeah. I got that Sony Amex my expense account, yeah, no. I mean, that was back when we just had budgets. No, it's like, I used to yeah. stay at the Sunset Marquee in LA, no. <laughs> the my Delano in Miami. Like, it was like, do you need a car home? Right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I, took a I car. do. I actually do. Thank you. I'm going one block, but I need a car. And because I worked in promotion. Oh, girl. This thing. Uh, every night. I yep. mean, we. Uh, oh, I'm getting, I'm oh. getting. Oh, all right. I'm getting for Clems. I'm getting for Clems. Because now, because now. No, nothing, nothing. Because now I use my McDonald's app and I'm like, I need my free fries. They oh, said the God. fries were free. Don't even get me started. All right. And all on right. that note. All right. Give, her, give the spiel. Go. We're on You've been listening to. You've been listening to. Thank you. I'm going to let you finish. Part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. What's up, Pantheon Podcast fam? And I want you all to know, as you all know, because you're listening to us, but tell your friends, listen, we're on Deezer, iHeart, Spotify, Apple, Pandora. We're everywhere. So you know you like this fuckery. You know you want more of it. You know it's pride. And I'm the gay one, so you have to listen to us so that you can have give me a little happy pride moment. Oh, and no, don't limit yourself. Don't limit I, yourself. Well, no, I'm trying this for dates. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm open to all... We don't only want <laughs> listeners for no. the next 10 days. No, I just, I'm touring it for listeners for cock. Listen. <laughs> this, the name of our show is now Listeners for Cock. <laughs> All right, right, so you guys know what it is. This show, this is what it is. We thank you for listening. We're here. You're here. He's queer. We're queer. We're going to have some good shit coming up. We do. We need to. We need to get with your guy because I want to. We need to have a good giant step moment. I'm going to call. And um, thanks for rocking with us. It's summer, guys. Yay. It's summer. It's been a rough year. I hope everybody's feeling good. I hope you're feeling healthy. Drink lots of water. Take your vitamins. Have a good summer because we deserve it after the last year and a half. Well, we are going to talk to them health. next week. It's not we like are. We are. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you got to say it to people every time. We appreciate you. We appreciate you listening. And tune in next week. Take care. Bye. 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 Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 